What a fantastic prayer. And great to hear a passage of scripture being read. It's good. We're a church that loves the Bible. I was just about to drop mine on the floor, but that sort of runs counter to the message, doesn't it, that I just said. <clears throat> Let me pray for us uh, as we begin. Father, I thank you for our time together this morning. I thank you for the, the chance to meet in freedom and uh, without fear of persecution, that we can gather joyfully and freely and just celebrate the goodness of God together. And we can enjoy being in your presence together as brothers and sisters. And I pray that you would, this morning, you'd speak uh, through your word, through your servant here, that uh, whatever is from you would land in good soil and are ready to receive it. And uh, anything that is just uh, of me and is unhelpful would just fall away and be blown away by the wind. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, my name is Aaron. If you're new here, I'm one of the elders of the church uh, alongside Andy, uh, and I've been in this church for a long time. Uh, I just want to say you're so welcome to be here. If it is one of your first times, uh, we've got some people who have got uh, some really nice red t-shirts on, and they would love to welcome you and just uh, find out a little bit. Yeah, it feels like your first time um, every time. But um, they would love to welcome you and sort of j maybe just get to know you a little bit better and find out how we can serve you best and connect uh, best with you. Uh, so look out for them afterwards when we're having uh, tea and coffee. And I just want to lay a little disclaimer this morning as I start to speak. Uh, and hopefully I, there's precedent for this. Well, there is precedent for this. I'm going to use some hyperbolic statements, okay? So if I upset you in a moment, like not in a moment, but if at some moment I upset you, Remember, I have said to you, I'm going to use some hyperbolic statements. What that means is, I'm going to overstate something for effect. Okay? Does, is that reasonable? Jesus did this, so I think there's precedent for it. When he said, you can't really be my follower unless you hate your mum and dad. Now, he didn't mean that everyone, you know, has to hate their mum and dad in order to follow, Jesus, follow him. What he's saying is... To really follow me, the love that you have for me, it must be like everyone else is nothing to you because you love me so much. You're willing to give up everything else and everyone else because you love me so much. So hyperbolic statements have biblical precedence. I hope I'm not going to, you know, presume that I'm going to do as good a job as Jesus. But just in case you get upset, I'm just laying that little disclaimer there. Uh, a few years ago, Megan and I were chatting, as married couples do, uh, hopefully. Uh, and hopefully you're having these kinds of conversations as well. If you're a married couple, hopefully you're in a, a position where you're having these kinds of conversations. It transpired in this conversation that I had become quite a miserable person. Um, now, naturally, I'm quite an upbeat guy. I don't know if you, you know, if you would pick that up from me. Maybe you have had some... <laughs> most conversations in that sort of miserable time but my general demeanor is quite positive I'm quite uh, enthusiastic about things um, but I'd become quite miserable uh, and whether you noticed that or not I'm not sure um, but gradually I'd become more negative about things and more critical about things and just as a slight aside being cr being critical about things if you find yourself often critiquing things, just be careful because that's a dangerous space to be in for 
a number of reasons. Uh, and I would counsel you to, to, you know, try and, you know, there's a thing called the praise burger. Say something good, say something constructive, critical, and then say something good again. You know, tr try and think in those sorts of terms to be an encouraging person uh, if you do find yourself to be a bit of a, a critical person. Because what I found is that it reached a, I was just not able to enjoy lots of things because I was, I was, I was a bit negative about them, a bit critical about them. And it reached a crucial point for me. This was the kind of the turning point where I thought, oh yeah, maybe Megan is right. Maybe I have drifted into becoming, or I'm, I'm on the, the pathway to becoming a bit of a, an old misery, uh, a, you know, a grumpy old man. Um, and that was where I was sat in a room where this man was teaching, uh, and he was, he was teaching on, uh, well, that's why I was annoyed. He was supposed to be teaching on Jesus as a leader and giving examples of how Jesus was a leader and all of these different things. And he basically spent the whole day, it was a whole day of teaching, and he spoke on the past two or three years, how his relationship with Jesus had changed, how he'd been seeing uh, Jesus move in, the Holy Spirit move in miraculous ways in his life, how he sort of had encounters with people that were prompted by the Holy Spirit, how his He'd been a Christian for a long time and how his entire relationship with Jesus had been transformed over the last two or three years. And he was sharing those experiences. And all I could do as I sat there, instead of learn from this man and all that he was saying, was think, this is not what he's meant to be teaching on. He's meant to be teaching on something else. And I'm annoyed about that and I'm angry about it. Rather than think, man, the grace of God in this guy's life. He's seeing miraculous things happen. He's seeing... Fantas I, I want some of that for me. Rather than that being my upbeat, positive, enthusiastic, this is brilliant, I want some, I was thinking, well, he's not sticking to the syllabus, is he? <laughs> now, uh, and sometimes, you know, uh, it's helpful, isn't it, to, to know what you're going to learn and to learn those things. But it was, just, it was just a moment for me where I just thought, Aaron, what has happened? Something has changed. You've, you inside, you're beginning to become a bit stiff and knotted up. And there were a number of reasons and factors for that, and the details of all of those aren't particularly relevant. But one of the main issues that the Holy Spirit began to highlight for me, I don't know if you do this, if you sort of notice something about yourself, or even if you don't notice something about yourself, which is possibly even more scary, but you, when you're praying, when you're, when you're spending time with God, you're asking, God, reveal to me where I need to change. How do I need to be made more holy? It's a dangerous prayer, but it's a good one. As you're reading the word of God, as you're reading the Bible, Lord, what sins are you highlighting in my life through these scriptures that I need to change, that I need to address? This is not a hyperbolic statement. You are not the finished article. Okay? Just let's all be okay with that. There, there was a, a number of things that the Holy Spirit began to highlight. And one of those in particular was I'd become a bit ungrateful. I, I sort of said to, uh, in you know, discussions with Megan, we have these kinds of talks. I don't know if you do this in your marriage. I mean, we've talked about, you know, what happens if you die? What happens if I die? You know, who wants to go first? All of this kind of stuff. <laughs> we've had those discussions. They're good discussions to have. Like, they are helpful ones to have. 
Um, <laughs> Megan's shot down all of my like body preserving pickled in the jar ideas. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, but as, uh, I've become ungrateful. I'd say, uh, you know, I was talking to Megan. I was saying, you know, I, I love you. I love, I love our children. We've got a nice home. You know, I've got the job, you know, in terms of a job, I work for the church full time since I was probably about six. That's the job that I've always wanted to do. I've always felt that that's what God was calling me to, except for the ages from 12 to 18, where football became my one true love. Uh, and genuinely, it did. Uh, if, it, if it was round and it was on the floor, I would kick it. You know, that was the sort of, that was all I was interested in. I wasn't interested in girls, wasn't interested in alcohol, drinking. I loved football. But pr either side of that, the church. I love the church. I love it. It is awful sometimes. Not our church, the church. What a nightmare. But I love it. Because Jesus loves it. And I love Jesus. And I care about the things that he cares about. So I have my, effectively my dream job. Married, happily married. Lovely kids. Home. I, I own my own home, home. Own my own home. Secure. Dream job. I wasn't happy. Oh, is this it? I could just, you know, potter along for another 60-odd years or 30-odd years, depending <laughs> how well I look after myself. But I've become ungrateful. And as I, I sort of, uh, as I began to sort of think about, uh, when I thought about things, I, and I thought, uh, you know, is this, is this all there is for my life? I've, I've become ungrateful with what I have. And as I did that, disappointment about various things began to form into despondency. I'm disappointed that that happened. I'm disappointed that that didn't happen. Oh, well, should I even bother? There's no point trying again because it won't work. Disappointment became despondency, or it almost did. And I started feeling angry about stuff all the time. Why isn't it just working how it's meant to? And then anger, it never works out how it's meant to, becomes bitterness. And I could see I was sort of, I wasn't there, but I was on that trajectory. I was thinking, well, if I keep feeling angry about stuff all the time, eventually I'm just going to be in a, you know, I'm just bitter about stuff disappointed i'm dealt with the disappointment and so i'm angry and now i'm bitter and i'm despondent and i think oh whatever who cares don't know if you you know maybe i'm alone in this but maybe you, you had disappointments in your life if you don't process these things properly they, they can become lead to despondency and bitterness and so looking ahead and thinking oh that's what i'm going to be like in 10 years 15 years I don't want to be that guy, for sure. And, you know, Megan doesn't want to <laughs> be around that guy. And I don't want that guy to be the parent to my children. I need, something needs to change. The spirit needs to work with me to change something. And so one of the steps I took was to practice what I preached to my children. Uh, and to in try and increase the level of thankfulness in my life. The level of gratitude in my life. And so as we're talking about uh, prayer over these few weeks... 
Oh, this morning I want to talk about thankfulness and the role that plays, the importance that plays in prayer. Uh, one of the things that we've started doing uh, with my children every night when they go to bed, we list things that we're thankful for. We pray a very simple prayer and we, and we say, thank you, God, for, and then we list different things that we're thankful for. And I'd stop taking a turn in that. So Millie, Lara, Millie, Lara, Joseph, he hasn't got a clue what's going on. <laughs> but I'd stop taking a turn. Now I always take a turn. Millie, Lara, Daddy. I take a turn because it's good for me to do it. They don't need me to do it. You know, Millie just wants to get on and read whatever book she's reading. And Lara wants to go to sleep because she needs to sleep like a teenager, even though she's six. But, but I take a turn now. And in the morning, when we pray together over breakfast, we thank God for the day. Don't know what it's going to be like. It might be an absolutely dreadful day. But we still thank him in advance for it because it's been given to us. As a family, we've started celebrating Thanksgiving. We, I've got American family, and it never really bled over from them. Uh, when I worked for New Hope for a year at the project that I worked and managed, uh, we, uh, we celebrated Thanksgiving. That was a sort of a thing that was done partly because Christmas was a difficult time, and so Thanksgiving was a, a good way. But it was to encourage them, the, the service users, to be positive about stuff, to be thankful for all that god was doing in their life or just for what was happening in their life uh we sort of nabbed an american friend in order to sort of go let's celebrate thanksgiving together because that gives us a, an excuse to do it you know why are you celebrating thanksgiving if you're not american oh no we're doing it with our american friends it's okay we're trying to make them feel at home but it's what a great tradition what a fantastic tradition Ev everyone in the whole country you know in america mostly i'd say stops and has a day where they have to say something that they're thankful for. What a fantastic tradition. America, well, well, I'm not going to say what I just was going to say. That would be naughty. Um, <coughs> we've adopted that cultural thing. You know, cultural appropriation is a negative thing, but we've adopted that cultural practice into our family because it's fantastic. What a great thing to do. And it's a biblical practice. It's a biblical practice. It's a spiritual discipline to be thankful for things. Psalm 100 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. When Paul is writing to various churches, he thanks God, thanks God for them. Some of these churches were a right headache, but he still finds something to thank God about for them. In uh, 1 Thessalonians, it says this, uh, near the end, chapter 5. This is verse six, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances for this circumstances stances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Philippians 4 says this rejoice in the Lord always again I will say rejoice let your reasonableness or gentleness be known to everyone 
The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we pray, it should be done with thanksgiving. We should be thanking God. That Philippians passage particularly, I think, is helpful because it says, don't be anxious about things. Present your request to God and do it with thanksgiving. You want something to happen, your request, you're requesting something of God, do it with thanksgiving. Be thankful. Be thankful that you can even talk to God in the first place. And if you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those things that I talked about, that disappointment and that bitterness, heart and mind stuff. Let's incorporate thanksgiving into our prayer. And so, that was meant to come up on the screen. And so, on to my first point. You are not special. You are not special and you're not owed anything. Accept judgment for your sin. I um, have a little illustration there. I was listening. I let list comedians are interesting to listen to. Uh, I've heard someone say they're the probably the m- often the most sort of dialed in to what's going on culturally. Uh, you have to obviously filter what they're saying some somewhat. But I remember listening to a comedian uh, not long ago, and he was talking about how he says goodbye to his children in the morning. And he says, "Look at me." He says, "I love you." To me. You are, you know, the world. The world revolves around you. I would lay down my life for you. When you go outside that door, no one cares who you are. You're just another person walking along the street. Now, obviously, that's not entirely true. Hopefully, there's some common good amongst humanity. But we've been conditioned to think in a way that makes us feel like we're owed, we're entitled, that people exist for our benefit, other people exist for our benefit. And when we don't receive the things that we think we deserve, when we don't get what we think is owed to us, what is ours, when people don't behave the way that we want them to, it can make us angry and disappointed and frustrated In many ways, we're conditioned to think that other people will meet our expectations without us even expressing what those expectations are. Not only do I want you to do exactly what I want, but I want you to do it without even me having to mention it. Tell you, some married couples looking at each other going, oh, yeah, (laughs) having a little chuckle. That was like a massive breakthrough in our marriage for me and Megan when it was like, if you want me to, you know, behave in a certain way or speak in a certain way, it, tell me that. And I'll, you know, do my, because I want, part of being married, I want to make you happy. Tell me what your, ex- your, what your expectations are and I'll try to, <laughs> try to meet them or tell you that's unrealistic, it's not happening. <laughs> you know, it's sort of, but we need to express these things. We need to talk, don't we? 
reality is we need to remind ourselves of our default position before a just, holy, righteous judge. When we do that, we recognize the only thing we truly deserve as individuals and as a a, a species, as humanity, is just punishment. That's what we deserve. (laughs) Be dealt with. It's a classically, you know, famously quoted Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory. Everyone has done it. The psalmist talks about there's no one righteous. And so I think it's helpful for us to adjust our expectations of life and other people and think, really, all I'm owed is judgment from God. That's what I'm owed. And so if I'm coming from that position, well, hang on, I've not been struck down. That's like, I'm grateful for that. That's like, that's bonus. I've got people who, who are like friendly and kind to me. Well, that's bonus. Okay. I get to, you know, live in freedom and pretty much I can do whatever I want. If I wanted to, I could, you know, I can go for a run or I can go for, you know, go and eat this food or I can do whatever. This is all fantastic. This is great. What a brilliant life I've got. I've got life. We need to adjust our expectations of life and other people. And we need to be more open to asking for help and accepting of people saying no. I, I used to be awful, as in like I would ask unashamedly for help from people for like the most menial, like simple tasks. It sort of most clearly manifested itself in getting lifts. I was the king of getting lifts because I would just ask. Andy must have driven me about f- 5,000 miles. Because I'd just say, oh, any chance can get a lift? Brilliant. Because people hate saying no. <laughs> um, that's not why I asked, but I just I, I discovered that along the way. But we need to be happy to, to receive a no. If it, it, I was happy to hear no, I'd often ask Adam, say, uh, my brother, I'd say, could you give us a lift? And he'd go, oh, no, I, I, I can't do it. All right, no worries. I don't care. I'm, I'm asking on the off chance. I'm happy to receive a no. So if I ask you to do something, I'm happy for you to tell me no, just as a, you know, you feel released in that. But we need to be happy about that. We need to be happy hearing no. My second point is that you are special. You are special. God has blessed you magnificently. I'm going to read a psalm to us and a portion of Samuel as well. You are special. That was my hyperbolic statement before. You are not special. Of course you are. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless him. 
for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Know that he, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made you. You are his. You are one of his people. You're one of the sheep of his pasture. He made you. God made you. Psalm 139 says he knit you together in in your mother's womb. You are special because God made you. He put you together. And he has blessed you mightily. Psalm 113, this uh, is referenced, but this is the, the prayer of Hannah who was a a woman who couldn't have children and then she was blessed with a child and she uh, prays and says this, uh, (coughs) there's no one like our God. There is none besides you. There's no rock like our God. She goes on to say this, that he, the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. He lifts the needy from the ash heap. If you're sitting in an ash heap, you're probably not doing very well in life. Because either everything that you've got is burnt or that's the only place, you know, you're sort of, you're trying to find the last remnants of warmth from a a fire that's gone out. He made you. He made us. We're his. He lifts the needy from the ash heap and sits them with princes. Imagine that, someone who's all like, you know, the Queen's, uh, what's the the colour of Jubilee? What is it? Platinum Jubilee. There you go. I couldn't remember if it was like ruby or whatever. I knew my uh, royal fan would help. Um, Imagine the Queen's Platinum Jubilee She's sitting there. She's strolled in, Queenie. I really like Queenie. (laughs) Completely aside, I'm not a fan of the royals, but I love Queenie. She walks in. She sits down with her big, you know, she's probably got some ceremonial staff that she'll have, scepter. And there's a chair next to her. And everyone's thinking, oh, who's that chair for? And some scruff, looks a bit (laughs) like me probably, gets put in. He's got ash all over his face, bit of dirt, you know shoes caked in mud goes and sits down next to the queen that would be wild wouldn't it that's what god does that's what god does with us tommy and diana uh, who aren't able to sort of come along anymore uh, part of this church almost every sunday growing up i would hear tommy from the ages of 12 to like i don't know 35 or whatever it was I would hear Tommy, one, Tommy or, and or Diana stand up on Sunday and go, I want to thank God for my salvation. Great. I wish lots of us would do that. Do you thank God for your salvation? He's taken us who were sinful, playing around in our own you know, mess and mire and ash and muck, and quite happy, not even re- really realizing what's going on, but thinking, oh, this is great. 
or thinking, this is awful, how do I get out of it? He's plucked us out and set us with Jesus, the King of heaven. That we're co-heirs with Christ. That is brilliant. That's fantastic, isn't it? This is a baseline for every day. If you're a follower of Jesus, every day, I want to thank God for my salvation. Lord, you didn't have to save me, but you did. Because you love me. I don't even know why. Every day that should be helpful. And then beyond that, all the fantastic blessings that he's given us. Look at what you've been given. Literally list it out. We sing a song, bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul, worship his holy name. Sing like never before, O my soul, I'll worship your holy name. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness, I will keep on singing 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. Ten I looked in that song. There's probably about 12 reasons, if you're being generous, listed in the song. And in the song itself, it says there's 10,000 reasons to find, to be, you know, to praise God and to be thankful and grateful to him. Write them out. If you feel, you know what, I'm a bit of a misery. I'm not really that cheerful. I'm not really that grateful about my life. We're going to do a, a little bit of this in, in a moment as a response. Get yourself a pen and paper or... I mean, I'd suggest a pen and paper. I know it's old school, but there's something about physically writing stuff that's good. Same as reading an actual physical book is better than reading a Kindle book or your Bible. If all you can do is read on an app, that's great. Better that than nothing. But if you can get a, a physical Bible and read it, it'll help you retain it so much more. It's, there's science behind it. I don't fully understand it, but there is. Um, I can remember Bible passages based on where they are in the Bible that I memorized them. On this side of the book, down there, that was what it was, and it started like this. That's how I, you know, there's something about that. Literally list it out, write these things down. God, I'm grateful. I've got a home to live in. I'm grateful that I've got friends that I can call and talk to. We must search out and remind ourselves of the reasons to be thankful. Both in focusing on God and on what he's blessed us with. Because how we, how we act impacts how we feel and how we think. And how we feel and how we think, it's like a, a circular thing. If and so if you feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm bitter and I'm annoyed and I'm not really engaged in stuff, oh, you know, oh, I can't be bothered to do that. Do something to break you out of that cycle and put you into a cycle of, I'm going to write these things down and then I'm going to thank God for them and then that's made me feel better about my life and I feel more enthusiastic to get involved and, and share some of these blessings with other people. And now... Because I've done that, I've got even more to be grateful for because I've seen what God's going to do, what he can do. 
So we need to let gratitude and thankfulness grow into rejoicing and joy. This quote, I thought this was quote was from someone else uh, than when I looked who it was quoted to. So I'm not saying who said it, but this is a famous quote you may have heard. So a thought, reap an action. So an act, reap a habit. So a habit and you reap a character. So a character and you reap a destiny. How we think about things is so important. And if you're thinking, I should have more, I, I'm owed more, you're going to act in the wrong way. If you're thinking, I'm so grateful, well, look what God has given me. How can I bless someone with it? You're going to reap a very different destiny. Paul talks in 2 Corinthians about destroying every opinion and argument against the knowledge of God. And taking every thought captive to bring it into obedience to Christ. Having negative thoughts or critical thoughts or any kind of thought really isn't inherently a sin. It's what we do with those thoughts. You know, I've heard someone say, you know, you can't necessarily stop a bir the birds from landing on your head, but you can stop them making a nest in your hair. You know, if you think of a, you know, whatever thought comes and sits on you. I'm going to be grateful. So in a moment, we're going to, on your phone, even though I've said on paper, we've got paper, great. On your phone, if you've got a phone with you, I think most most of us will. Uh, if you don't, maybe you, you, know, you could sort of cross your fingers to make a list or something. I want you to write down um, for this morning, 10 things that you're grateful for. And then we're going to thank God. You're going to thank God for those things. But we're going to do that in a minute. Don't worry, we've got uh, a few, a bit of time to do that. But the reason that this is important and why this matters not just because it's something that I, you know, I found all this helpful in my life, but actually an attitude of thanksgiving is the correct response to the grace of God and the mercy that we've been given. The songs we sang this morning, brilliant. Um, lots of sort of giving thanks because, because of what you've done, I'm thankful, I'm grateful important that we cultivate this attitude I was going to say this attitude of gratitude but that <laughs> uh, sounds like a platitude um, <laughs> it was there um, but it's important that we cultivate this kind of mindset of being grateful because it, it helps to safeguard against bitterness and anger and despondency and I tell you this, you know, the, all the stuff that's been going on in the church recently, the fantastic work that's been going on. The Andy talked about, last, was it last week he talked about the different prophecies and how like now is the time for those prophecies to be fulfilled. I agreed with that until he said fulfilled. Now is the time for those prophecies to begin to be fulfilled. This, the work that's been going on is not the end of you know us being a compassionate welcoming place heaven forbid that that is that 
once all of the uh, Afghan individuals have moved on from Watford, we're then, okay, let's just not be compassionate anymore. You know, that is not what's being said and what is the expectation is. This is a, a kickstart. Come on, this is what you're meant to be doing. This is normal church. This is normal church. And if we're going to be like that, we can't be bitter. Oh, I didn't get to do any of that. Why, why wasn't I asked to be part of that? Can't be angry about these things. Oh, we were me- I was meant to see Andy, but he was off doing stuff for the Afghans. I feel so let down. That's not true, Andy. Um. <laughs> but you know, we can't we can't feel like that and let it link. Let those things carry on. We need to be grateful. Yeah, it's fantastic. We're getting to serve people that don't know Jesus. And so, having gratitude and thankfulness in our hearts for all that God has given us safeguards against those things, against bitterness and anger and despondency and it leads to a life of rejoicing and joy getting to enjoy life how much more fun would it have been for me to have sat there and listened to that guy talking about the dramatic change in his relationship with Jesus and gone this is brilliant in the first break I'm going to talk to him and I'm saying get your hand stick it on me I want some of that Pray for me to have some of what you've got. Instead, I was, think, I was sitting there stirring my coffee thinking, when is he going to get to the notes? <laughs> how much better for me would it have been? And how much better would it have been for you to have had so a, 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 you know, an elder of the church who's going, I, I, got, I received this fantastic blessing, let me share it with you, rather than, oh yeah, I went to this thing and he didn't even talk about the notes. It's better for you. These things filter out to other people. We don't live in isolation. So I want to lead us in a moment just to uh, do two things, really. One, repent of bitterness, anger, despondency. Maybe hand over disappointments to God. You're allowed to be disappointed. You know that? It's not bad in and of itself, to be disappointed. It's what you do with that disappointment. But we can repent of being sinfully angry and bitter about things and growing despondent, giving up. Too much to do to give up. And then, after I've prayed, and if you've prayed, we're going to write out ten things slipped into full-on South Oxy right out. Um, Ten things right now and thank God for them. Let me lead us in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for so many things and I thank you for your grace and your mercy through your son Jesus Christ. Through his life, death, his his sacrificial death for us and that he rose again our sins are paid for they're dealt with they're washed away and and he rose again I thank you that that's a victory that has been won 
that we can live in the good of that victory. Thank you that you, then Jesus, ascended to heaven and have poured out the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us. and We can know that closeness, that communion with the Father. The Spirit is in us crying out, Abba, Father. We can experience that love and bond and closeness. I thank you for it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are on a mission in each of our lives to purify and bring holiness. We're so far from it, Lord. And yet we know you're on a mission. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd speak to people now where bitterness has has begun to put a root down. Where disappointment is growing into despondency and people feel like giving up i pray you would break that and bring a a release of joy a release of joy and thankfulness i thank you for all that you're doing in us at the moment as a church as individuals and as a body Lord, we pray it would continue, that we would be a church that is poured out in order to shine the light of Jesus in the world. In the verses that Benny read out earlier, that as people even perhaps will speak out against us, what they say will be shown up to be false because of what we're doing, how we're demonstrating the love of Christ. So I pray we would be a people of joy. That when we come on a Sunday morning, we would enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. So I pray that we would now, if we, if anyone is in a situation where they think, yeah, that's me, I I can feel I'm, I'm, I get angry about stuff that I maybe I, sh- I know I shouldn't do. It's petty, it's small things, but they just, I'm on a hair trigger because I'm, my level is so high. Lord, or people who are bitter because of things that have disappointed them in the past or pe- what people have done. That actually, there would be forgiveness take place towards other people and that we would repent and ask you to forgive us. forgiveness available through your son I pray Lord Jesus that you would help us to remember all of the things that you have blessed us with in Jesus name we pray amen if you want to be prayed for if you know actually I've prayed there Aaron or you've prayed for me but actually I I need I I just want to talk to someone else about it there are there is a prayer team that are here and available, and it's a fantastic way to pray. If you think, hey, I'm smashing it, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit again, to just really go for it again this week, then get prayed for as well. It's fantastic to have people pray for you. The people on the prayer team, they're expectant to hear from God for you, speak uh, wholeness and life into you. So it's not just a, oh, uh, over to the naughty corner to get prayed for, It's like, hey, 
that's where that's where some great stuff is happening and god is speaking to people so it is over in that corner which is the prayer corner <laughs> at the beginning of the meeting as well so just head over to there there there's some fantastic people who will pray for you uh, jane i see she's got her lanyard on jane's got a wonderful prophetic gift and she will pray for you and probably will hear something from god for you so there's an endorsement right now